Hiya, babe. Say, how about a... Ouch! Does that answer your question, buddy? The Adventures of Macy, starring Ann Southern. You all remember Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer's famous Maisie pictures. In just a moment, you'll hear Maisie in radio, starring the same glamorous star you all went to see and loved on the screen, Ann Southern. And now here's Ann Southern as Maisie. Yep, I'm Maisie, like the fella said, Maisie Bevere. I'm a showgirl, but after years in the business, this gal has very little to show for it. I haven't been broke all my life, but that's probably because I haven't lived all my life yet. The last job I had was working as a waitress at a racetrack. You know, one of those places where windows clean people. And I quit after a couple of weeks because none of the men customers could make up their minds what they wanted. Until they saw me. Well, when you're broke, there's only one thing a girl can do. So I did it. Went to a hop shop with what I laughingly call my valuables. <laughs> Yes, miss. And what can I do for you? Uh, well, good morning. Um, I have some valuable heirlooms that have been in my family for years, mister, and I'd, I'd like to borrow a little money on them. Well, you've come to the right place, miss. <laughs> I'll give you as little as the next man. <laughs> well, you see, I need the money bad, mister, and, and you look like a kind man. Well, that goes to show how deceptive looks can be. <laughs> what have you got? Well, it, it hurts me. It hurts me deeply, mister, to have to part with it. Priceless old family heirloom. Oh, dear. Uh, this cuckoo clock that was left me by my millionaire grandfather. To part with it for a measly, insignificant two bucks. Miss, do I resemble an imbecile? <laughs> no, but I can dream, can't I? Okay, one buck and no questions asked. Uh-uh. A quarter? If you don't mind, Miss, I've got work to do here. Well, oh, okay, okay, forget the clock. You're forcing me to part with my most valuable possession. This genuine pearl necklace. I'll sacrifice it for five... Mm, it is pretty. Um, six dollars. Let me look at Ed with my glasses. Three. Hmm, seem to have misplaced my glasses. Six dollars. Oh, here they are. Two. Hmm. Give me a buck and you got a deal. Sorry, and now if you'll excuse me, miss, I've got some work to do in the back room. Okay, mister. I'll take my stuff to some other pawnbroker, some kind, good-hearted man who don't see so good. Good afternoon. What's so good about it? I'd like to see the owner of this shop, please. The owner? I'd like to buy a gun. A gun? Mm-hmm. What for? That's my business. You're a hold-up man? Please, miss, I am in no mood to answer questions. I'd like to buy a revolver. Say, I think I recognize you. You're Professor Anthony Davis, aren't you? Oh, no, please, Your miss, picture I... was in the paper last month for a couple of days in a row on the front page yet. For, for stealing something, wasn't it? Well, well. It's nice to know that we notorious criminals are not forgotten by our public so soon after our publicity dies. <laughs> I remember the case because you were arrested for stealing a silly little thing like a love letter. Miss, it happens to be a very expensive letter written by Napoleon to Madame Dubarry. It was worth $10,000. Wow, worth 10 G's. <laughs> sure must have been a real hot letter. Um, well, Professor, what, what do you want the gun for? To steal some more letters? Miss, this may be a shock to you, but I didn't steal that letter. Well, the paper said you did. Gosh, the story was on the front page for a whole week. And then it suddenly stopped. Oh, no, it didn't. The next day they printed the story of my being released because of lack of evidence. Oh, well, I, I didn't see that. 
Hardly anybody did. It was on page 12, a little squib under household hints that read, quote, Professor Anthony Davis, custodian of the rare letters and books collection of the university library, was released today when the evidence of his stealing a valuable old letter from Napoleon to Dubarry was found to be insufficient. Unquote. Well, look, Professor, it's none of my business. Exactly. Now, if you don't mind, show me some revolvers, please. Oh, but you mustn't kill yourself. It's just very unhealthy. Besides, you can't live without your life. I can't live without a job, too. Oh, you mean you were fired from your job? Yes. The president of the university was sorry, very sorry. He knew I was innocent, said he, patting me warmly on the back. But after all, old chap, you know how trustees of a college think and the public at large to bad publicity reflects on school. Oh, but there are other jobs in other colleges. Being, being a custodian of old letters, that's important work, I think. Oh, it's... It's no use, miss. I've tried to get located someplace else, but I... Well, I'm still guilty according to the headlines. And unfortunately, headlines are what people remember. And like the president says, insufficient evidence does leave a doubt of my guilt. Oh, but that's silly. All you have to do is go to the newspapers and insist they give the story of your innocence the same headline play they gave the account of your arrest. Miss, I've been to the papers. And? How much is that pistol in the showcase? No soap. Not even a bubble. Seems like guilty I'm entitled to three-inch headlines. Innocent, I only rate page 12. Oh, but you can't do this. If you kill yourself, people will really think you're guilty. Well, thanks for your interest, miss, but there's nothing I can do about it. Well, maybe you can't, but I can. Look, Professor, promise me you'll go home and not kill yourself until you hear from me. Well, I... I I'm going to call on every newspaper editor in town and insist that they whitewash your name in headlines. Well, do you think you can do it? Well, I won't give up till I swing it. I come from a very stubborn family that never gives up, you know. I got an uncle that still wears an Alf Landon for President Button. Well, I'm sorry, Miss Revere. There's nothing I can do about this Davis affair. A likely story. You're the editor, aren't you? Yeah, only of the birth column. I take care of people who are born. Well, then give Professor a break. He was born. Yeah, I mean lately. Oh. Yeah. Now, look. When a person isn't hot news anymore, what happens to him is only his own business. And mine, too, Mr. Hastings. If Davis can be considered guilty in headlines, why can't he be found innocent in headlines, too? If the whole world has thought him a crook, why can't the whole world know he didn't steal that letter? Miss Revere, I'm just a little guy trying to get ahead. And you sure can use one. The one you got don't seem to work so good. Now, Mr. Hastings, don't you see what printing the story of Professor Davis could mean to your career? Or are you interested in becoming the editor of this paper? I'm a hard-working slave, Miss Revere. For 20 years, I've been handed the crummiest jobs on the... I could be editor. Uh-huh. And you'll be able to afford to get married. I am married. There's a picture of my wife on the desk. Oh. Well, then you'll be able to afford a divorce. <laughs> Just think. You'll be a hero. Yeah. You'll save the life of a man who was tried by headlines. Yeah, divorce. An innocent man who wants the world to know about it. Just think what that will mean. Yeah. For 12 years, I've been married to that nag. Professor Davis's story deserves headlines, Mr. Hastings. And only a brave man like you can take things in your own hands and right a terrible wrong. I'll do it. Uh, for Davis' sake, of course. Oh, of course. 
Now, here's how we'll swing it. You get a cameraman. We'll rush down to Professor's place and take pictures of the chief of police apologizing to Davis for the false arrest and giving him a clean bill of health. Yeah, that'll be good for front-page press. Oh, sure. Even the editor will realize that. Yeah, but how are you going to do it? Get the police chief down there and make him apologize to Davis. Oh, it's easy, Mr. Hastings. The chief is ambitious, too. He don't want to be kicked around by the police commissioner anymore. He'd like to be the commissioner himself. Are you sure? Uh-huh, and I'm going down to his office right now and talk him into it. I'll meet you in front of Professor Davis's apartment in an hour. Come in. Oh, any luck, Maisie? Oh, I, I'm sorry, sir. I was expecting a girl. Oh? <laughs> then I won't take up much of your time. Well, it's, uh, it's nothing like that at all. Too bad, Professor. There's much more to life than old love letters. So much more. Oh, I, I, I don't think I know you, mister. It's true. You haven't had that pleasure yet, Professor. Here, uh, perhaps this will serve to introduce us. Oh? I d- well, this letter. It's the one that was stolen from the library. The one from Napoleon to Dewberry. Oh, then you do recognize it, Professor. You are an expert at your work. Where did you get it? I stole it. From the library? Well, don't be so amazed, Professor. I'm an expert at my work, too. Uh, what do you intend doing with that phone, Professor? Call the police, naturally. Before we've had a little business chat? Huh. Isn't that rather rude, Professor? Business chat? When you handed me this letter, mister, all our business was finished. On the contrary. It just commenced. And it could be a very flourishing enterprise, partner. Partner? In the firm of Mallory and Davis, valuable letters stolen to order. It sounds rather impressive, doesn't it, Professor? Now, look, I won't go for anything like that. Very well, then. Davis and Mallory. See, I'm giving you top billing. Are you out of your mind? I'm no thief. True. But I have faith that you have the makings of becoming a good one, Professor. Under my tutelage, of course. <laughs> well, I am... Um... I'm terribly sorry, old chum. I like my job at the university library. Yes, but you don't have it anymore, Professor. Remember? Yes, but I will again. This letter will get it back for me. Probably. But only if you explain how it happened to fall into your hands. Oh, that's simple. When the police get here, you'll be... I'll be gone, and so will the letter. I'm not particularly partial to prisons, Professor. They cater to such an inferior class of people. (laughs) You'll be here, all right. Will I? Oh. A gun. Is it, uh, loaded? Yes, quite. And I assure you it could be made to look like suicide, Professor. Quite easily. And, uh, why should I want to commit suicide? Their conscience, Professor. Well, I, I'm sorry, Mr. Mallory, but it's no deal. I, I, I'm an honest man, regardless of the bad shake I got. Do forgive me. Oh, certainly, old chap. And I'll just... A little too decent. That's the trouble. Tell her to go away, Professor. I have an aversion to killing women. They're so useless that way. I'm from the press, Professor. We're going to give you a big break in the paper. When pictures, Professor, of the chief of police saying he's sorry, I'm bending knee, huh, Chief? Yeah, only on one knee, Miss Revere. I'm not that sorry. Well, well, the cop. Uh, you'll forgive me if I run off like this, Professor. No, don't show me to the fire escape. I'll let myself out. Goodbye, Professor. Congratulations on becoming a free man again. And a poor one. 
you, Professor. Quick, quick. Uh, Professor Davis, I wish to take this uh, occasion to make a public apology to you. Oh, not you. yet, Chiefy. Down your knees first, uh, you remember? Out the window, out the window. Oh, it's better to pose it in here. Better light, aren't you? Yeah, Professor, hold that letter out, will but, you? But you don't understand. Oh, I think that's a great idea. We'll pretend that the letter in your hand is the one that you didn't steal. But it is. I, I mean, I, I can't explain. Say, it is the Napoleon letter, and you've got to explain yeah, you better, Professor. Now, look, there is no time to stand around and gab. I, I've got the proof. Yes, so have we. This is a scoop, Chief. Caught red-handed uh, with the evidence. Shoot it, Joe. Yeah, Professor. This time we've got you. But this is a mistake. Well, it sure is, Professor. And I'm the one that made it. Take him away, Chief. Come on, Professor. Well, looks like I may get to be commissioner yet. In a nice way. But you can't. You mustn't. That man, Maisie, you've got to do something. Please. I will, Professor. I'll use my influence with the warden and have him give you a nice, low number. Now, back to Maisie. And that's what happened. You, you've got to believe me. I, I know it sounds impossible. You're right. You believe me? No, it sounds impossible. You're correct, Professor. And you're going to stay in this jail for a long, long time. Oh, what am I going to do? About 20 years, I'd say, huh, Chief? But I can't spend 20 years in jail. Well, all we ask is that you try, Professor. Oh, I, I've got to get out to find Mallory. He's the real crook. Hmm. You want to know something, Chief? This yarn sounds almost fantastic enough to believe. Oh, it's ridiculous, the whole story. Well, you don't believe me. Nobody believes me. I do, Professor. You, you do? do? Why? I've got a sixth sense. Well, it's too bad you ain't got the other five. Well, it's worth a try anyway. Now, Professor, you say this Mallory wanted you to put the finger on valuable letters and books so he could heist the joint? Uh, heist the joint? You swipe the swag, knock off the loot. You swipe the swag, knock off the loot. Hmm? Well, what's the matter, Professor? Don't you understand English? Well, I, I, I thought I did. It, it, let's see. Mallory is in this racket on a full-scale operation. Mm -hmm. With him in circulation, anybody with valuable old letters and first editions was vulnerable. Well, I got an idea how to trap him. If it works, you're a free man, Professor. And if it doesn't work... You might get shot. Yeah, but I gotta try it anyway. Yeah, but why, Maisie? Why risk your life for a total stranger? Oh, the answer's rather obvious, Chief. I'm stupid. <laughs> I won't do it, Maisie. I absolutely refuse to do it. Well, why not, Mr. Hastings? I don't want your blood on my hands. Well, neither do I. I happen to like my blood just where it is. And I promise when I get the goods on Mallory, you'll get the scoop. But suppose Mallory, if there is a Mallory, gets wise too soon. Well, then you have another scoop in the obituary column. I can't do it. Look, I didn't steer you wrong yet, did I? Catching Professor Davis with his hand... I mean, catching him red-handed with the evidence moved you a couple of notches closer to the editor's job, didn't it? Yeah, and it's wonderful having a sense of power. By last night, I even talked back to my kids. One more promotion and you'll be able to hate your wife in luxury. All you got to do is put this article in the paper. Yeah. Let me say it again. Yeah. Immensely wealthy Miss Maisie Revere checked into Royal Suite at Park Sherry Hotel this morning. The chief of police laid out the money for the suite out of his own pocket. 
He had a good day giving out parking tickets. And Miss Revere, a collector of first editions, brought with her a rare copy of Twelfth Night by George Bernard Shaw. Maisie, when Twelfth Night was written, Shaw wasn't born. Well, that's what makes this copy so rare. Yeah, you better make that by Shakespeare. Oh, makes the book more valuable, huh? By a name author? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll print it in the afternoon edition. Well, that should make Mallory come a-stealing for it tonight. If he's what the professor says he's cracked to be. Now, frankly, I think it's the professor that's crooked. Okay, Maisie. Oh, here. What's this? A rabbit's foot. Uh, keep it. Yeah, but it's supposed to be lucky. Well, it wasn't very lucky for the rabbit. I gotta meet the police chief now at my suite and make final arrangements. Now, uh, Maisie, the tape recorder's hidden here in the radio. Turn this knob when you think this Mallory is. Yeah, uh, well, if there is a Mallory, and if he bites the bait in the paper, and if he comes looking for that copy of Shakespeare's Twelfth Night. Yeah, and if he spills the beans about the other robbery. Well, and if he don't, he can change the title from Twelfth Night to Much Ado About Nothing. Yeah. Well, it sure is a dangerous thing you're undertaking, girlie. Any questions, Miss Revere? Yeah. Why don't I ever mind my own business? Maybe he won't even show. Hey, what was that? I heard a sound coming from the bedroom. Oh, it must be Mallory. Quick, Chief, turn off the lights and hide outside. Right. And I'll hide out there with you. No, no, Maisie, you, you've got to trap him into talking. You're not really scared, are you? Well, uh, no, Chief, I'm, I'm quivering like this because I just took some medicine and forgot to shake the bottle. Well, outside now, he's coming in here. Oh, sure. Good luck now. Oh, dear. Oh, oh sure is dark in here. Now, where in the world will that light switch be? On the wall to your right, sir. Thanks. Who said that? <laughs> Good evening, sir. Nice of you to drop in. <laughs> Here, let me take your hat, gloves, and burglar kit. Uh, no, thanks. I don't think I'll be staying. You expected me? Oh, well, hardly so soon. The papers with the account of my arrival with that rare book barely got out on the street, Mr. Mallory. No. Oh, you, you know me. Oh, well, purely by reputation. According to what I hear, you're the cleverest purloiner of rare books and letters in the country. Oh, you're too kind, madame. And now, if you don't mind, that copy of Twelfth Night, please. I'm in a bit of a hurry. I'm, I'm double parked outside, you see. But I'm dreadfully sorry to have to put you through all this trouble, Mr. Mallory, but uh, there is no book. Oh? Yeah, but that article in the paper... Well, I had it inserted. You see, uh, I'm rather clever myself. You'll pardon me, madame, if I seem a bit nosy, but uh, you are Miss Revere, Maisie Revere. Alias Vera the Vamp, alias Gertie the Garnet. Well, I hope this won't hurt your feelings, madame, but I don't believe I've ever heard of you. Oh, well, that's because I'm just small fry in the racket, Mr. Mallory. I've never stolen rare letters yet, just rare postcards. <laughs> you see, I'm, I'm just a beginner. Oh, and that uh, notice in the papers. Oh, nearly a brilliant method to meet you, Miss Mallory. You see, I don't intend to be small fry very long. You uh, you knew I'd come for that book, the the book that isn't here. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry the book isn't here, but I am, Mr. Mallory. Uh, shall we discuss business? Business? Mm-hmm. Certainly you can use an associate, Mr. Mallory. A woman who's smart enough to get to meet you uh, professionally. Oh, I must admit that your method to get me here was a stroke of genius, You but... think I'm gorgeous, exciting, glamorous, and can captivate men by my sheer beauty? 
Yes. Oh, Mr. Mallory, you do pay the nicest compliments. Well, frankly, I never thought of working with a woman. Why, it's my turn to be surprised, sir. A woman can find out uh, things like where valuable books and letters are from unsuspecting collectors, you know. Male collectors, of course. Well, I've had no trouble doing that myself. Oh, but I could do it better and faster. After all, Mr. Mallory, I'm prettier than you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you you are. Pretty. (laughs) Very, very pretty. Well, thank you. (laughs) Then we're all set. What was that? Uh, uh, What was what, partner? That sound. Oh, uh, well, that that was my heart skipping a beat, Mr. Mallory. You're quite handsome, you know. Oh, madame... You'd say so even if you didn't think it. And you'd think it even if I didn't say it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you are beautiful. Very, very. And exciting. Madame, jet a door, jet a door. Oh, silly boy, the door is shut. That's French. Jet a door, ma chérie. Oh, please, please, Mr. Mallory, ask me that in English. I'm afraid I might be saying yes to the wrong question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's French for... Can you love me a little? Can you please? Oh, Mr. Mary, you do make up beautiful things to say. Well, I, I must confess, beautiful, that I didn't make it up. I got it from Napoleon. You did? Oh, my. Mr. Mary, you must be older than you look. Uh, darling, I mean that Napoleon said that to Madame Dewberry. And now, uh, how about that kiss? How do you know? I read it in the letter. And now... Uh, oh, you opened your letters, huh? Well, that is nice, Mr. Mallory. Dewberry wouldn't like that. Madame Dewberry isn't living. And, and now, please, With Napoleon honey. in love with her? <laughs> I'd call that living. Look, they're both dead. Those words I read in the letter. Now, for goodness sakes, I'm a, I'm a patient man, but this is... Oh, oh, the kiss. Well, it's certainly handsome. At last. After you tell me more stuff in French. I love to be made love to in that language. It's so romantic. I, I don't have the letter anymore. Professor Davis has it. Now, now the, the kiss... He stole from you? Why? He should be arrested. He didn't steal it. I stole it, but the police blamed it on him. Oh, you're so very clever, Mr. Mallory. Very clever. Yeah, clever. Sure, sure. Now, the kiss. Am I going to get it? Uh-huh. You sure are, Mallory. Well, you did it, Maisie. Hold your arms out, please, Mallory. Well, what for? Well, he don't want to dance with you, Mallory. Yeah, no dancing. Exactly. For you, the jig is up. Oh, this was a bit of a double cross. Huh? Uh-huh. No hard feelings, Mr. Mallory? Hardly. You see, you have no proof. (laughs) Silly boy. Yeah. You see that little machine? In there is a recording of everything you said. Oh. Foolish, foolish me. (laughs) And from now on, mister, your career is going to change a bit. You're going to switch from letters to numbers. Just a moment, we shall return to the adventures of Maisie. Here's Daisy. 
guess that was one of the only cases where the mouse baited the trap and the piece of cheese got caught. By the time Mr. Mallory gets out of jail, he'll be older than Jack Benny says he isn't. Professor Davis was clear. The newspapers really went all out in his story, and he got his job back. Well, I guess I might as well toddle back to my lonely room and take off these tight shoes. When you're broke, that's one enjoyment you can get out of life. And I got a good detective story to read, too. It's about the murder of a policeman up in Massachusetts. It's got a cute title, too. It's called The Cape Cod Copper Killer Caper. <clears throat> Some title. <laughs> You've just heard The Adventures of Maisie, starring Anne Southern. Maisie was written by Arthur Phillips. Original music was composed and conducted by Harry Zimmerman. Supporting cast included Peter Leeds, Hi Everback, Will Wright, Hans Conried, and Frank Nelson. Jack McCoy speaking. <laughs>